Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, a liberal donor collective outlines its plans to funnel hundreds of millions into building left-wing infrastructure in advance of the 2020 general elections. Rebecca Rimel, CEO of the major progressive foundation the Pew Charitable Trusts, steps down, and a union mired in a national corruption scandal takes aim at Tennessee again. Washington Free Beacon has done it again. Setting out from its perch many floors above trade publication The Politico, the conservative online media outlet has staked out the meetings of the Democracy Alliance, a secretive liberal donor collective which reportedly counts billionaire currency trader George Soros, Hollywood figures Rob Reiner and Norman Lear, and former Google mathematician David DeJardin, among numerous others, as its members, on the hunt for confidential documents outlining the membership strategy and tactics of the opaque organization. This week, reporter Joe Schofstall re- released confidential documents detailing a plan by the Democracy Alliance to channel $275 million to progressive and left-wing organizations to secure political power for Democrats and left-wing interest groups. For background, the Democracy Alliance is a club of major liberal donors and institutions, reportedly including individuals like Amy Goldman Fowler, labor union partners like the American Federation of Teachers Union President Randy Weingarten, and other liberal institutional big shots like amalgamated bank president and CEO Keith Mestrich. Democracy Alliance directs members to contribute at least $200,000 to liberal organizations, mostly outside of the alliance's internal corporate structure, as an annual base-level contribution. Schofstall reports, quote, The Democracy Alliance has set their total budget at $275 million and is planning to marshal at least $135 million from its partners to be used in a number of areas. According to the document, the Democracy Alliance outlined three goals, quote, expand and strengthen the progressive political base, build and support progressive governance at every level, and restore and expand structural power. The first goal includes two parts, a roughly $19 million campaign to support, quote, year-round organizing at the state level in contested states, with the largest share through the New American Majority Fund and New American Majority Action Fund, and an $11 million campaign to build liberal online media and media watchdogs, mostly through the Tides Advocacy Fund. The second goal includes $104 million, effort to develop state-level power funds focused on general left-wing issues and environmentalist mobilization, and a $600,000 effort through 1630 Fund and the State Innovation Exchange to train liberal candidates and prepare liberals for government office. The third goal is a million-dollar campaign involving a number of liberal groups, including the far-left think tank Demos, the left-wing MoveOn Agitation Network, and Planned Parenthood, among others, to change the rules of American politics and to break, quote, structural economic power, close quote. The $275 million efforts likely only scratch the surface of the lengths to which core left-wing institutions will use, quote, dark money organizations like Democracy Alliance and 1630 Fund to influence American politics going forward through 2020 and beyond. Last week, Rebecca Rimmel, one of the most prominent figures in left-of-center advocacy philanthropy, as CEO of the Pew Charitable Trusts, announced her retirement. She might be the most important person in progressive philanthropy you've likely never heard of. Before Rimmel took over, Pew consisted of seven trusts funded from the Sun Oil fortune earned by the Pew family that made grants mostly to Philadelphia community and arts organizations. To the extent that Pew trusts were political, they were aligned, like the Pew family members who founded them, with the pro-capitalist right. J. Howard Pugh, one of the family members, endowed the J. Howard Pugh Freedom Trust to, quote, acquaint the American people with the evils of bureaucracy, the values of a free market, and the paralyzing effects of government controls on the lives and activities of people, close quote, and, quote, to inform our people of the struggle, persecution, hardship, sacrifice, and death by which freedom of the individual was won. 
The plain language of J. Howard Pugh's donor intent would be serially rejected by Rimmel throughout an over 30-year career at the Trusts. She claimed that, quote, honoring donor intent is a dynamic process, close quote, a left philanthropic analog to the left legal world's emanations and penumbras of the living constitution. The alignments of J. Howard Pugh and the older family annoyed Thomas Langfitt, president of Pugh Trusts in the late 1980s through the early 1990s. Longfit began hiring liberal consultants, among them former LBJ press secretary and now Schumann Media Center chief Bill Moyers, and liberal staff, most prominent among them Rimmel, who succeeded Longfit in 1994. Rimmel is a classic child of the 60s progressive, a self-described, quote, high school cheerleader turned executive feminist, close quote. Rimmel told an interviewer in the early 1990s that, quote, if we could reinfuse the idealism of the 60s into our work, it could get the country out of this morass of feeling that problems are insoluble. The result of Longfit and Rimmel's political shift was clear by 1991, when Rimmel said that, quote, the political ghosts of the Pew family are gone. By the mid-1990s, Rimmel's Pew Charitable Trusts had become one of the largest contributors to environmentalist causes, an irony given the Pew family's oil and heavy industrial fortune, launched a civic journalism initiative providing liberal-tinged coverage of politics, and all but orchestrated the campaign finance reform movement that culminated in the fundamentally misguided McCain-Feingold law that weakened political party institutions despite rising partisan identity. 2003, Rimmel made her most consequential move, merging the trusts from a set of private foundations into a single nonprofit public charity. This maneuver increased the trust's ability to engage in public policy, since public charities may engage in a limited amount of direct lobbying, and it formally abolished the J. Howard Pugh Trust's restrictions directing grants to free market groups. Today, the Pugh Trusts under Rimmel spend $320 million a year on research, lobbying, and financial support for left-of-center groups like Planned Parenthood, Humane Society International, Earth Justice, and Healthcare Without Harm. For more on how foundations like Pew follow O'Sullivan's Law, the sentiment that all organizations not explicitly right-wing become left-wing over time, and transgress their donor intent, my colleague, CRC senior fellow Martin Wooster, has written a book, How Great Philanthropists Failed and How You Can Succeed at Protecting Your Legacy, available by contacting Capital Research Center at contact at capitalresearch.org. And finally, some deja vu from Tennessee. United Auto Workers has filed for a unionization election at Volkswagen's assembly plant in Chattanooga as early as the end of this month. In 2014, the UAW made a failed effort to unionize the plant. In 2015, exploiting a ruling by the fanatically pro-union Obama-era National Labor Relations Board to recognize micro-unions, a handful of skilled trades employees organized as part of the UAW. But the campaign comes amid a major corruption scandal at the top levels of the United Auto Workers, involving corruption of the negotiations for contracts with Fiat Chrysler America. Federal prosecutors allege that Fiat Chrysler executives paid bribes to United Auto Workers officers in order to strengthen the company's position in bargaining, in FCA executives' words, to keep the union bosses, quote, fat, dumb, and happy. The UAW and FCA insist that it did not affect bargaining. However, union officers and company executives allegedly involved held key roles in the negotiations. Al Ayakabeli, a Fiat Chrysler vice president, pleaded guilty to involvement in paying $1.5 million in bribes to union bosses including providing jewelry, trips, custom watches, and a $30,000 party, allegedly for UAW official Norwood Jewel. Ayakabelli also allegedly used kickback money to buy himself a Ferrari and two solid gold Montblanc pens. Norwood Jewel, a United Auto Workers vice president, pleaded guilty to a conspiracy charge for misusing union funds. He resigned as a Michigan Democratic Party superdelegate alongside his guilty plea. 
the widow of the late UAW President General Holyfield, himself accused of receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes, pleaded guilty to a tax offense related to alleged bribes the couple received. Jerome Durden, a Fiat Chrysler financial analyst who ran the UAW Chrysler National Training Center, the joint labor management institution which was allegedly used to pass along the kickbacks from FCA officials to union officers, pleaded guilty to tax offenses and conspiracy for his role in an alleged $4.5 million kickback scheme. They aren't alone. Numerous others have been charged with or pleaded guilty to offenses related to the scheme. For their part, federal prosecutors have labeled the UAW and Fiat Chrysler as co-conspirators in the bribery scandal, though they have not filed charges against either corporation. The Detroit News reports that federal investigators are also looking into the UAW's so-called flower funds, alleged slush funds for union officials originally created to pool funeral expenses for UAW members. The feds are, quote, questioning whether flower fund contributions became a mandatory job requirement for UAW staff, and whether UAW executives spent the money on personal expenses and kept the rest on retirement, according to the news. Former UAW President Dennis Williams has been accused of involvement in the scandal. He has not been charged. Currently, Volkswagen workers in Tennessee enjoy starting wages of $16 an hour, effective July 1st, and full benefits. Whether they choose to join up with a labor union mired in a corruption scandal is, of course, up to them. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.